I speak to you from the final days of Gallifrey. I am the past you have forgotten. You are the future I will not live to see. Welcome to the Trap One Podcast. My name is Mark McManus. Delighted to be joined today by Trap One regular Jason McLaughlin. Welcome back. Oh, thank you very much. It's great to be back. Uh, so we last spoke when we were discussing the Eaters of Light. Uh, That's right. The yeah. Pen penultimate episode of Series Ten. What did you think of the two-part finale that followed that? Wow! Oh, absolutely loved it. Uh, thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, I loved seeing the original um, Cybermen back. I thought they were done incredibly well. Very, very creepy. The whole um, like pre-Cybermen who like walk along like zombies with the kind of like socks on their heads, but with their volume turned down. I thought that was incredibly uh, very, very uh, effective and a, a good behind the sofa moment and uh, I, ju- I just loved the whole story I, thought I was completely floored by the whole um, John Sim yeah. uh, master obviously we knew he was coming back but it wasn't until um, his character met up with Missy that I suddenly twigged and went hold on okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I loved the little rift that he did um, um, I saw a lot of people kind of like commenting on it that he was kind of like going for the Bella Lugosi, uh, Igor yeah. uh, style of um, um, character from the old like uh, 40s black and white Universal movies. And um, yeah, I, I, he completely like, you know, I, I did not, I was not aware that it was John Sim um, Master until obviously that, just that reveal. Yeah. I- um, to begin with, he totally fooled me as well. It was a brilliant performance because it was the it was the ticks and the body language and everything. It was uh, it was a great performance, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, yeah. And obviously, in hindsight, when you watch it back, you go, "How could I not have realised that it was him?" Because then you pick up on the little mannerisms and how he's like voice sometimes at some slight aspects does sound like him. But I thought the makeup job was absolutely brilliant, and yeah. I loved the whole. Um, double crossing of the the master and missy the fact that you know they both effectively as we currently know caused each other's like regeneration or, yeah. or death uh, because you know that's what the master will do he'll backstab himself i thought that was a very very clever thing and obviously the whole tragedy of bill um wasn't a big fan of the kind of like the ending where bill became this sentient star creature from you know the girl that she fell in love with in the very first episode of the series yeah because i feel it was kind of like a very much a repeat of clara's uh, exit as in we'll kill the character off but effectively we're not killed her off and she gets to go off and have her own adventures again i thought that was a bit of a lazy repeat of that um but capaldi absolutely superb yeah. Really, I'm sorry to see him go, um, but he did another amazing acting performance. Yeah, and brilliant, we've got yeah. a brilliant multi-doctor story coming up uh, for the Christmas special. Yeah, looking forward to that definitely. Um, David Bradley really looks and sounds the part, doesn't he? I think it's going to be. He uh, does. Yeah, 
it's going to be great. And there's just nothing known about the plot at the moment as well. So uh, hopefully it'll sort of stay that way a bit. Well, and, uh... There's some of the rumours, obviously, I, I try and stay away from spoilers and stuff. But um, the current vibe that people are suggesting that it's going to be a kind of like a rift on It's a Wonderful Life oh, with right. I, First Doctor or the Twelfth Doctor showing each other like how the universe will be if neither of them commits to the change that they're currently refusing to do. So um, whether that, you know, is born out or not, I don't know. Yeah, that sounds like it'd be really interesting. Yeah, I'd say you could maybe do like a insert them into some old clips type thing as well, and uh, you know, yeah, you see do how that. things. Um, the technology's there, and obviously moved on since the um, since the uh, series seven when they dropped uh, Clara into a couple of The name of, of the Doctor, um, wasn't it? Yeah. So they could certainly do that as well, couldn't they? Yeah, there's um there's a Star Trek. I'm not really in Star Trek, but there's the one where they go back to the original um, Captain Kirk Enterprise, isn't there? Is it a Deep Space Nine one? It is, yeah. Um, I think it's called um, Trials and Tribulations, if I remember rightly. I'm I'm not yeah. the biggest um, Star Trek fan myself. I do like the original series, um, but I was not really a huge big fan of like the subsequent series that followed and stuff. Yeah. But I did watch that episode, and yeah, I thought it was very clever how they integrated them into the uh, the backgrounds of an original '60s episode. And yeah, it's uh, yeah, very well done. It'd be great to see something like that maybe in there. Um, mm. I suppose it's a bit like the um, Christmas Carol as well, isn't it? You know, sort of um, you know showing. Uh, they've already done that, haven't they? With um, with Kazran, but that idea of uh, you know. Showing the way that life could be, or you know, showing the alternatives like that. Yeah, but then obviously doing it to such a point where he changes his his past too much that obviously he then had the the problems, didn't he, later on in the episode? Yeah. But I really like that one. Yeah, that's one of my favourite Christmas specials. That one. Actually. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And then yeah, saying goodbye to Capaldi and Stephen Moffat and possibly Mark Gatiss. Uh, Everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's and like... Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall. Yeah, it's it's all changed, isn't it? It feels like um, feels like quite a watershed sort of year. The editor of the Doctor Who magazine stepped down as well. And yeah, it, it yeah. seems as if everybody's like leaving at a certain point, and and the new guard are all coming in. So even Paul uh, Cornell this year has done his last piece of Doctor Who writing um, with that last comic strip he did. It's uh, it seems like there's a lot of a lot of moving on. Oh right, I wasn't aware that he was uh, he was giving up the the comic strip. Well, he's he's just not working on anything that isn't his own, uh, not his own original ideas and characters anymore. Oh um, yeah, so yeah. Where he's written for Doctor Who and I think Wolverine and different things, uh, he's solely working on his own own kind of books and lines now. Um, so yeah. So the there was a, a storyline called Herald of Destruction that came out through the Titan comics earlier this year, which was excellent, and that was mm -hmm. his, his farewell. So yeah, it just feels like it's. Uh, yeah, really, uh, really going to be a fresh slate next year. It is, and obviously, uh, as we've talked like previously, it'll be interesting to see obviously whether this kind of like reinvigorates the show and um, you know brings back some of those casual general public viewers who may like drifted off in the last like probably five or six years. Yeah, I think it'd be uh, there'd be a lot of curiosity, I think, won't there? Of uh, as there always is with a new Doctor, but particularly with Jodie Whittaker coming in. Um, oh yeah, yeah. 
you know, you get people wanting to see what that's like. And then uh, Broadchurch is such a big hit as well. Mm. Probably, probably kind of bring some people over. Um, I don't know how well that's known. Like, a couple of people I've talked to at work haven't really been aware of that, but I imagine it'd be part of the publicity once that kind of starts up when the series is uh, is imminent. Oh, yeah, I think certainly the BBC would um, um, be fools really not to mention Broadchurch at all, seeing as it's like kind of like has been the big biggest drama hit in the probably the last five, six years next to Sherlock. They're, they're, they're like the two biggest like hits that yeah. um, TV had recently. And particularly for ITV, they don't, they don't get such big hits sometimes, do they? They don't sort of, uh, I suppose, but Downton Abbey was ITV, wasn't it? That was a, that was a big thing for them. It was, yeah, but I mean, I think recently for drama, um, ITV have kind of like been left by the wayside with um, some of the stuff that the BBC and, and uh, Channel 4 have done. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you know, they do seem to concentrate more on the X Factor and the, the reality shows and the, the soap operas, which, um, you know, Changing subject completely. I remember back in the day when ITV was, you know, a great channel, and now I very, very rarely watch it because it is wall to wall Coronation Street, Emmerdale, and the X Factor. It seems most of the time. Yeah, I don't watch any reality shows, talent shows, stuff like that. But it seems when they're on, they're on every night, aren't they? It is. Oh uh, God, yeah. You, you can't escape from them, and uh, you might have people who at work who used to ask me. A couple of weeks ago, oh, are well, you watching Love Island? I just like <laughs> gave them a complete blank stare and was like, "Sorry, do, do you not know me? Yeah. <laughs> Love Island, really?" <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a, a nice line in the last series of Doctor Who, wasn't a slate in that when Missy um, is describing uh, it's in um, it's Lie of the Land actually. I think it's one of the ones that we did the podcast about when um, she says if. Uh, if Bill, you know, kind of to, to defeat the monks would have to kind of burn out her brain. Um, and she said, you know, you'd be just basically a zombie, a husk. You wouldn't even be able to go on Celebrity Love Island. Yeah, it's, uh, it was a nice, nice dig, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, mainly we're going to talk about the Doctor Who experience today. Um, yes. Which I guess got like less than a month before it closes now. Is it the 9th of September, I think? I believe so. I believe that's the yes, the date that it is closing. Uh, and you were uh, there last week. I yeah, I, I went down on Sunday. Um, the third visit I've, I've had since it moved to Cardiff, and thought I just needed to go down like one last time. Um, went down originally in 2012 for my 40th birthday, and obviously back then Matt Smith was the doctor. Yeah. And the kind of like the experience bit before you get to the whole like you know looking at the props and the costumes bit, which is kind of like a, very much like a a walkthrough adventure. Yeah, uh, was obviously based on Starship UK and mm. was written by Stephen Moffat, and you had Matt Smith's Eleventh Doctor on the screens, um, basically guiding you through the adventure. Um, but obviously since then. Um, it's changed to Peter Capaldi's Twelfth Doctor, and uh, the kind of like the, the theme of it is very much kind of like similar because like, they kind of like kept the same areas, yeah. but they have it in some um, areas. So now instead of it being the Starship UK that you board onto, you now are actually visiting the uh, Gallifrey Museum, okay. and all these bits have been rewritten. 
uh, by Joseph Lister, I believe, uh, who's one of the uh, writers of uh, Torchwood and Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah, he's he writes a big finish as well, doesn't he? I think he does. Yes, yeah, that's right. What kind of you go into this section, and there's a curator of the museum, and he's he or she, uh, depending on what time of the day it is, they're dressed in Gallifrey robes, and they show a little film about the history of the Time Lords. And it's uh, Lara and, Ward, isn't it, Romana? Um, yes. I was there in, in February. It was actually for my 38th birthday. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, my wife arranged it and everything went down. Uh, so, yeah, like you say, it's, it's, a, it's a Museum of Time or a Museum of Gallifrey, something like that. Mm. Um, but actually, when I was there in February, something went wrong. Uh, it, it didn't kind of work out like it should. And uh, there was an attack by some time squids. Uh, so it all kind of, oh, it all kicked off and the, uh, the guide was really flummoxed and everything, but we ended up going into the TARDIS. So I don't know if that's, uh, that's different from when you were, but she, she seemed pretty shocked by, by events. Uh, I think the kind of like the, the kind of like, <laughs> obviously not to spoil the illusion, but <laughs> it seems it. The TARDIS gets attacked by time squids on a regular basis. <laughs> no, but she, she seemed so surprised. <laughs> oh, you know, surely not. <laughs> um, but um, obviously just uh, talking upon that, um, obviously I went again last year um, during the school holidays, took my um, uh, little boy, Zach, who's, um, he was then six, and in that bit where obviously the time squids attack the TARDIS and then... The, the doors open and you go into the um, control centre of the TARDIS mm-hmm. and then the 12th Doctor appears on the screen and kind of like says he needs your help. Yeah. Um, at that point, my little boy unfortunately got very, very scared <laughs> and didn't want to do the rest of the experience. Oh, so the, the people there, the, the, um, the curator of the museum, they were very, very helpful. I think it was a woman at that time. And she said, if you just hang back whilst I escort the rest of the, the your group through into the TARDIS, uh, there'll be somebody coming for you shortly. And, you know, they were great. They kind of like took us through the back area out, like passed through the experience. And we came out, out actually at the, through the TARDIS doors of David Tennant's uh, TARDIS. Ah, cool. And actually into the actual, like, you know, um, exhibition itself and the guy who met us there was very very um, brilliant and helpful calmed my son down gave him a sonic screwdriver and said that will protect you from any monsters that you see around here and after that my little boy loved it um, and was running around the place shooting the sonic screwdriver off at um, you know Daleks and Cybermen and Mm. all the rest of it so part of the reason why I went down again um, on Sunday uh, with my friend uh, Emily who um, lives not far from Cardiff um, is basically because I wanted to actually see the experience bit again Yeah. Uh, and obviously not taking my son <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in case he got scared again <laughs> was probably the best idea there yeah cool yeah when I, I went it was um, I had the week off work so I went uh, it was like, I think it was a Monday and the schools weren't off or anything. So there were no kids on the tour. Ah, right. Yeah. Which I felt like was a bit of a shame really, because it was geared towards children. 
um, and the, yeah. the the lady was obviously really wanting a lot of participation and enthusiasm. <laughs> um, yeah, because uh, obviously there's the bit where you go into the TARDIS control room, and which is the Matt Smith's uh, version, isn't it? Yeah. And they encourage the children to step at the front and actually fly the TARDIS and like press the buttons on the console kind of. Thing yeah. and obviously, I presume if there's just a bunch of adults there and kind of like, are you ready for adventure? And you go, mm. yeah, <laughs> it's not quite the same, is it? That, that was the same. Even even kind of the queue waiting to get in. The um, she was trying to kind of whip us up into a bit of a frenzy when everyone was just kind of going, yeah, yeah, and she's going, your enthusiasm is overwhelming. Can we try that again? And then <laughs> all the way around, the- it was uh, yeah. <laughs> contrast to obviously if you've ever gone to um disney world or like um, universal studios in orlando or california where you know they do kind of like similar kind of experience at the beginnings of rides and shows and stuff and obviously there because the majority of the people are tourists or americans you get a completely different response (laughs) from what that reserved british nature (laughs) gives I felt a bit sorry for her because it, it was stuff like that, and then they say that they wanted people to um, operate the controls on the uh, on the TARDIS console, and people were sort of the husbands or whatever pushing them forward to begrudgingly press the buttons. <laughs> As if, well, you dragged me here. Go on, you yeah. fly the TARDIS. <laughs> um, and then after that, it's uh, it's a bit of a mission, isn't it, to find some time crystals? Yeah, it was, which is, that wasn't an element of the Matt Smith version. That was just basically, um, um, as I recall, the Matt Smith version was kind of like going through the same areas. You ended up in the TARDIS, then on um, a Dalek ship instead of Scarrow, as it's now been changed to. Yeah. You I, I, still walked through the Forest of the Angels. Yeah. That was quite um, atmospheric. I thought that was really creepy yeah. and well done, the way the... the um, Lights would flash and, and reveal the angels briefly, and then there was always like the, there's like a snippet of like a loud noise, wasn't there, to like kind of like make people jump at yeah. the time that a flash would go off and you'd see an angel. I thought that was very cleverly done. Yeah, I I went down in about I think it's 2013 as well, so it was the Matt Smith one, but I couldn't really remember what the differences were, but I I remember that it was Daleks again, um, and it, there was a lot of the new paradigm Daleks, weren't there in the in the in the new one, seems there like, was yeah because uh, they don't use those props anymore, do they? Re- <laughs> As well, yeah, I remember in the Matt Smith version, um, there was the Paradigm Daleks that you saw on the the kind of like the Dalek spaceship that you'd landed on, and then on the screens um, opposite, um, the actual original kind of like bronze golden Daleks from the Russell T Davies era came, mm. and then you've kind of like Matt Smith announced that they were caught up in a, a Dalek civil war. So it was almost as if Stephen Moffat kind of like realised that the Dalek paradigm was a complete failure and yeah. kind of like into the experience that, oh, well, this is how the paradigm gets wiped out and how we don't ever see them again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's, uh, they, they haven't used them in the last couple of Dalek stories, have they? Um, but yeah, no, was... they last, ter- last turned up in Asylum of the Daleks, I think. Yeah. And then, yeah, they weren't in um, the uh, the one after that with all the Daleks. The uh, Mas- the uh, Magician's Apprentice, uh, that one. They weren't there yeah, on Scarlet. Yeah, they, they weren't were they? there at all. No. Yeah. Um, 
and then there's uh, there's the recreation of Iron Foreman's Yard from an unearthly child as well, isn't there? Yeah, I thought that was very very cleverly yeah. done. Yeah, it's from um, the you know the official fiftieth celebration. I think I'm, I'm guessing it was built for that. I went down for that on on the day of the fiftieth anniversary. Um, oh yeah, at the XL, and that was the entrance as you went in. You went through the uh, the Iron Foreman gates. Uh, and all the kind of junkyard stuff was there, and you walked through that uh, into the kind of uh-huh. main uh, the main hall. So I'm, I'm guessing that's where it came from. Uh, but yeah, really uh-huh. nice to see that as well. I thought perhaps like it might have been like these some of the stuff that was built for the adventure in space and time. The obviously the David Bradley, William Hartnell, origins of doctor who the tv series thing written by mark gatiss that we saw in the same year yeah i get you get you would be right yeah that'd be what it's built for and then probably uh co-opted for the for the um 50th anniversary celebration uh and, mm. then, and then sort of moved over to the experience yeah that would make sense yeah because that's definitely in the uh an adventure in space and time isn't it it is yeah um so then one, once the uh once the TARDIS has been saved from the time squids, uh, you're into the kind of main exhibition halls, aren't you? Which uh, um, I, I just loved. Absolutely amazing. Like the hairs on the back of my neck stand, you know, hairs on the back of my neck stand up seeing the, uh, the TARDIS props, the, you know, especially stuff from um, the classic series, which I watched when I was younger. So the, the giant robot from, from Robot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Giant Robot was always one of my um, com- like favourite things um, when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, I remember asking a couple of Christmases on, on the trot to ask for the original toy version that Dennis Fisher um, did Yeah. Uh, when the Doctor Who like toy range back in the late 70s, and I never got the, the Giant Robot, but I was so pleased when Character Options uh, did it as part of their the Doctor Who figure range that we've had over the last like ten years or so. Yeah, you got a different but part, I, didn't you, with each figure? Um, yeah, it was a collect and build. Yeah, I never got that. Did you? Did you collect them all and, and build it? I did indeed. Yeah, and Brilliant. it's uh, it's in one of my cabinets as I speak, right behind me where I'm talking to actually. Oh, fine. It's um, it's one of those things, the giant robot, isn't it? It's like the Zygons, where they're only in it once. Um. But just sort of cast a huge shadow. Well, literally in the giant robots case. Um, but they, just, yeah. their reputation seems to to outweigh their, them as a one-off um, as a one-off monster. You know, I think it's because it's such an iconic design, and obviously that's that that for me as an old school fan is is one of the great things about obviously things like this, like the Doctor Who experience, and obviously back in the day, if, if you're a you were a child of the 70s and 80s like I was, um, used to make a, a, at least an annual trip over to the Doctor Who exhibition in Blackpool yeah. when that was the... And you actually got to see, you know, these things from the TV series and, like, there in front of you. Um, but I like, obviously, looking at all that kind of stuff. It all interests me, um, but seeing the old stuff is, is the best thing for me, like the old consoles... Uh, the old props, the old costumes, and um, and obviously some of them have been in quite bad condition um, yeah. and have been restored um, by uh, Mike Tucker and his um, model unit um, quite recently. And they've been doing, um, I think on the Doctor Who Experience website, 
whilst it's been there at Cardiff, they've been doing regular votes of like which is the next um, old style prop or costume that you want fully restored. Yeah, and I know the Morbius monster was one of them, and I think the Yeti was the last one that they've just done. Yeah, it's fantastic. Even though it's closing, they've continued to do that even this year, haven't they? They've uh, they've unveiled more more of those classic ones. The Morbius monster looked great as well, didn't it? It did, yeah, and obviously, um, I'd, I'd noticed that they've got the the mandrels on on display. Yeah, I remember going to the Doctor Who museum when it came back to Blackpool, just around the time of when the new series started again, mm-hmm. and some of the props in there and some of the costumes were looking very, very tatty and dishevelled, and obviously that then closed, and then. It, the BBC took all the props and costumes back and then obviously created the experience for Cardiff. Yeah. But even that's been fully restored and, and that looks like, you know, better than ever. Yeah. Um, and that's not really that much of a well-known monster, is it? The mandrels are kind of like laughed upon yeah. <laughs> yeah. for their appearance, but they scared me rotten as a kid. <laughs> uh, but no, that's it. It's, it's great that it's... Um... The Doctor Who's come back and it's, it's big enough that it's supported the experience for five years and, and that, that the money's there to do that, isn't it? That, uh, to, to, like, it is. Restore when, I went, obscure. when I went on Sunday, it was as busy, busier than I've ever seen it. Now, whether that's because, obviously, you know, people know it's closing down, so they're making an actual effort to go and visit it or whether it's because it's the school holidays, I don't know, but... Um, the reassuring thing is the BBC have said, unfortunately, the decision to close it at the moment isn't theirs. It's Cardiff Council's who basically won't renew the lease that it's been built on. And um, apparently the land that it's been built on has been sold off. So um, oh. the BBC have said that they are actively looking for another location. Um, it's just a thing of like whether or not it will stay in Cardiff or whether it's going to move somewhere else. Yeah. Um, Beans originally started off. Uh, it was in London for a year, wasn't it? Before it then moved to temporary, uh, permanently to Cardiff. Yeah. It's uh, it's nice being in Cardiff. I mean, I've only been to Cardiff like three times, and two of them have fought for the experience. But it's such a gorgeous mm. city. It's a nice, you know, nice place to visit. Um, oh, yeah, it's a it's a lovely city in Cardiff Bay in that area. That it's a. Uh, you know, it, it's a lovely area to, you know, especially obviously, you know, during the summertime, the weather's nice and everything, uh, and there's lots of things to do. Um, but like you say, you know, obviously we go for the Doctor Who things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's bound to drive a bit of tourism. You'd think um, be something they'd be keen to keen to keep there, wouldn't you? But uh, I guess if they if they're going to make more money from another venture, that's the thing. But, uh, one thing I was wondering if um, because before the experience opened. Like they had the museum at Blackpool, but they had the other ones, the these sort of roving ones, didn't they? Where um, it was in Manchester at the Science Museum for a while. Um, yeah, uh, I went to yeah um, because that's the only time I've seen the they had the Ragnos prop, which yeah, was huge. Yeah, um, there, I've, and I've never seen that anywhere since. No. And they have the big telescope out of uh, Tooth and Claw as well, there, yeah. which was impressive to see. I remember that, yeah. They're huge. You'd think they'd have housed those at Cardiff, wouldn't you? I wonder what, uh... Yeah, I, I guess they're probably housed somewhere um, 
in in the studios, which is like obviously right next to the experience. Yeah. But it's a bit of a bizarre thing that they're not on display anywhere. Um, and then, yeah, the, the Life Centre in Newcastle, visited one there and one in Glasgow as well. Um, yeah, be quite wasn't nice the one in Land's End as well um, for a while? Ah, uh, yeah, probably. That's, uh, I never made it that far down. but uh, <laughs> No, I... <laughs> uh, but quite nice if they did go back to that for a while because um, obviously Cardiff is, for me, is, is quite a long way. Um, yeah. It's, it's nice if, uh, you know, if it is a bit closer, if it's... Let, you know, allow people that maybe wouldn't necessarily make the trip all the way to Cardiff for it, but if it's in Glasgow, you know, Newcastle, Manchester, um, somewhere mm. like that, it, it gives you a chance to see a few of the props. I wondered if they if they might go back to that kind of roving exhibition idea, but I guess if they're actively looking for another site and it's uh, they want to keep it all together. Yeah, and obviously, you know, I, I presume the natural place to keep it is going to be Cardiff, because obviously that's where the show is filmed, but like you say, it's kind of like um, for fans of a certain generation, um, we will always associate the Doctor Who like exhibitions with either Blackpool or Longley because they were there like in the 70s and the 80s, you know. And I mean, the, I think the Longley one lasted until about 2003, I believe. Right. So that was there nearly 30 years, yeah. um, which is a huge like length of time to have like a, a permanent Doctor Who like exhibition. Yeah, I never made Especially it to that one. Portion of that, it wasn't on on air even. Yeah, did you did you go to Longleat? Did you say? No, Longleat. Uh, I never got to. Uh, like I said, I used to obviously, you know, living in Manchester. Blackpool is is um, basically an hour down the motorway. Um, it. When I was a kid, um, my family, we always used to go um, to Blackpool at least once a year. And it was always like, can I go to the Doctor Who exhibition? And, you know, the rest of the family would roll their eyes and go, go on then. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'd be, you know, the happiest kid ever because, you know, I get to see like, you know, Doctor Who and things from the show. Um, so that's what I always like associate like most is like going to Blackpool and you know for the day and and going to that location where it was on the Golden Mile yeah. and um, they had obviously the entrance was a fully like um, outside was a, like a police box so you yeah. went through the doors and then you went down the stairs and it was kind of like in a in a like a basement area it with went- the center of the exhibition was the TARDIS console. When, when do you know when that original one closed? Um, the Blackpool one, um, I think, opened in 1974. And I think it end, closed around about the time of, I think, that the show was taken off the air for the hiatus. So it would have been around about 85, 86, I think it closed. Uh, yeah. And then, obviously, it then came back for a, a, like a temporary period just before the new series um, started airing and um, was virtually in not exactly the same location, but just a little bit further up near the Sea Life Centre. Yeah. And that's about 2009, I think. Yeah, I went in 2007 to that one. Yeah. Um, I think the first time I went was, I think it was, actually, I do remember, it was Easter Monday and it was the... A couple of days just after David Tennant's first series had started. 
Right. And they had Baker there as a special guest, uh, signing autographs and talking to fans. And I remember talking to Colin Baker for about 20 minutes, basically, and we were just gushing over like how good David Tennant it was going to be yeah. as the Doctor. And uh, Colin Baker was saying that he was very envious at how much money they get to spend on the special effects when uh, compared to his yeah. time in the show. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But no, yeah, so I didn't start watching until 88. So I'd have missed the original uh, original Blackpool um, one, but I'd lived in Blackpool when I was little, so I would have uh, <laughs> uh, it would have been would have been perfect had I yeah, started, started watching <laughs> Doctor Who. Yeah, uh, there's because there's been talk. I haven't heard anything recently of sort of a BBC theme park, hasn't there? That they're going to build down south. Um, I believe so. Yeah, isn't it a co-production deal with? Is it Paramount that they're? Um... Yeah, Apparently. something like that, and there's going to be kind of a Doctor Who land in it, and and you know maybe a bit of Sherlock stuff, and and then like all the kind of kids stuff they do, like the Teletubbies, I guess. And yeah, I don't know if that's um, still going ahead though. It's, it, it's something I read about ages ago. Yeah, it does kind of rear its head like every twelve months or so, and then you never hear anything again for a while, and then they announce it, it again. And um, but yeah, I, I'm not aware of like whereabouts down south that would be at all. Yeah. Interesting to see what they do with it though, because the plans have come out recently for this uh, this Star Wars um, new Star Wars park, where it's going to be sort of fully interactive, haven't they? Where you you go and you get a costume and a bit of a storyline and uh, kind of yeah. walk around, and it's, it's it's like a Mos Eisley type place, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, I've been to where where that's being built, which is actually in uh, the Orlando Disney. Hollywood Studios, as it's currently known, some people might know it as Disney MGM. Mm. Um, before, like they, when they had that sponsorship deal, and that's one of the four parks that they've got there in in the Walt Disney World complex. And they have the obviously the original Star Tours ride there with the full size Atar outside, but obviously they're expanding beyond that, and they've taken down a couple of um, attractions like the the Motor Stunt Show. And the backlock tour that they had, um, and they're, that's where they're building it. And apparently, they're going to have a full-size Millennium Falcon that you can like walk into and then go on a ride. Amazing. And like you say, there's going to be a Star Wars-themed hotel where you get your own little storyline and stuff. So yeah. um, it, it'll be interesting if the BBC could ever like do something like that. Yeah, it probably won't be on that scale, I guess. But it would be be interesting to see what what they did make of it. I've I've never been to uh, the American ones. I've only been to um... Euro Disney. Oh um, right, yeah. So they've got the Star Tours ride there as well, with a full size X wing outside that one. Uh, they have, yes. I believe. Cool, um, yeah. I think this year they've just renovated it to the, the the updated version of Star Tours, which is now in 3D. Right. It's it's a similar kind of ride, but um, apparently it's like multiple storylines. So whenever you ride it, it's kind of like a different experience and goes to a different planet this time. You know, so there's the it's a random computer program, um, so you can ride it as many times as you want during the day, and you might not have, like have the same like um, ride or adventure, which is a very clever thing. And if they could do something like that for Doctor Who, yeah, that'd uh, be really cool. That would be um, very very good. Yeah, yeah. I have to see if that that, that ever appears. Uh, any other props or anything at the experience that really uh, kind of stuck out for you? Or? Um, well, obviously, uh, you've got the, obviously, 
there's a lot of the new stuff. They mm. had a large Series 10 display, which was very, very good. Um, obviously, some costumes, bills. They had um, some of the props from the Dr. Suddy that was there, and that was good to look at. Um, they had the Ice Warrior Empress oh. there, and her, she looked very impressive. And, and then the sarcophagus, kind of like the tomb, the Ice Warrior tomb from that episode as well, right. um, which looked very, very good. And um, they had three monks as well from the Monks trilogy, and they looked yeah. very, very creepy up close. Yeah. And and obviously the Mondasian Cybermen were in force as well. And it was good to like see uh, their costumes up close. And obviously the um, they had the the pre Cybermen creepy versions with the with the the drips and in the wheelchair, which um, were a bit unnerving to look at. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a big series ten um, section there um, that they've added. Um, so obviously, get to if you get there within the next month, you'll get to see like the stuff from the latest series, which is uh, always a bonus that they keep adding stuff to it. Yeah, that's cool, because I went in February, there was no, Series 10 hadn't gone out yet, so there was um, yeah. there was none of that stuff. Um, that's smart. The, um, the other thing that I, Bessie was there, that was something that I saw and thought, that's pretty awesome to see uh, to see in real life. Yeah, the original, uh, like, Bessie yeah. car. Um, for me, like, the, um, the 80s and the 70s uh, TARDIS consoles were, yeah. were great to look at. It's nice that they're set in um in a, con- a control room as well, aren't they? They've got the roundels, um, and the way it was it was lit, the 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 central column was uh, going up and down. That was uh, that was really class. Yeah, it's almost as if like you know you can like just step into the show like by there. It, it is also a bit of a shame that obviously that it's, these kind of things are a bit cordoned off, so you can't actually walk onto it. And yeah press yeah. the buttons but i guess if they allowed that they'd be forever fixing things because you know some people can be a bit cack-handed and a bit heavy-handed with uh, like props and stuff so i completely understand the whole thing of like you know you know don't approach and don't touch you know yeah no i thought that yeah and it'd be, it'd be great to get a photo stood behind the controls as well um, but again i suppose that's what that's what part of the the experience is for like you know before you get to the you know the props and the costumes you know yeah. to actually like experience being in a doctor who adventure so i mean that kind of element of it is something that you know you never had with the original museums and uh, yeah. exhibitions that they used to do so that's a nice little touch and obviously that engages like say you know the fans um, but also it's there for the kids as well yeah it's great that that video that they play as well the interactive part the um you've got capaldi in the original tardis from the one that they built for Adventure in Space and Time. Uh, and it yeah. really, really suits him because um, they, they did some publicity photos, didn't they, when it first came out. And I remember thinking then, he looks really right in that, um, in, in that uh, against that backdrop. Uh, and again, when you watch that, really suits him. Yeah. And obviously we saw it at the end of um, Series 9 because that was the TARDIS that, he, um, that Clara ended off flying yeah. off it and stuff. And I guess we probably... I'm sure- at Christmas. Christmas as well. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It's um, you're going to want to see the doctors in each other's tardises a bit, aren't you? Yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah, and that will be a good uh, scene if we can get to see that. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, yeah, the other thing I was gonna just kind of look at my notes. The um, the handprints they've got in the in the foyer. Um, of the oh, experience. Yes. They've got handprints of uh, quite a few of the doctors, haven't they? They've got uh, David Tennant, Matt Smith, Peter Capaldi, John Hurt. Uh, I think Tom Baker was there. Pete, they've got Peter Davidson, Colin Baker, and yeah. Sylvester McCoy as well. I don't think I saw Paul McGann's though for some reason. Uh, no. I think his was. Missing. Yeah, that was the one kind of sour point of it when uh, when we were there. There's because the Stephen Moffat's handprints as well, uh, mm. and somebody had spat in them. You kidding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought like. What a just a pointless kind of little protest. I mean, obviously there, there are people who don't like Stephen Moffat um, well, and, and yeah. things like that. But even more than, you know, kind of going on Twitter and, and kind of impotently kind of, you know, tweeting out your rage and demanding for him to go. Uh, I yeah, like, bringing the show up, whatever, yeah. Yeah, but like the, the thing, I mean, there was no kids there when I was there, but I imagine if there kids there, they'd be running around and putting their hands in the handprints and stuff. Uh, I'm just like, yeah, that was that was pretty disgusting. And the people that work there are just kind of kids as well, aren't they? Like having to kind of clean that stuff up. It's, uh, yeah, I yeah. Thought that was, uh, I thought that, that was pretty rotten, really. That's not on at all, but I suppose it could have been even worse, couldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's true, yeah. Um, but it's, it's one thing I did find like, uh, nice, and they, they put it out there, is um, obviously... In between me going last year and this year, obviously we've lost John Hurt, and by John Hurt's costume, they had a little uh, in memoriam tribute next to his costume. Yeah. And also in the foyer where the handprints are, they had uh, Deborah Watling's um, handprints, um. and they had a little like um, plaque on a stand there saying, you know, Deborah Watling, and obviously cause she's recently passed. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was a very very nice touch to uh, to have. Yeah, definitely. I remember uh, the John Hurt one was there when I was there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's nice to, to acknowledge it like that, isn't it? It is, and it sh- obviously shows that you know the the people who must run the place as well are obviously fans as well because you, you get the feeling if it was just a a bunch of corporate people who were in charge of the exhibition, you wouldn't get that kind of like nice little personal touch of recognition for somebody who's contributed to the show and is no longer with us. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Although I will say about the handprints, um, obviously you do the obvious thing, don't you, where you stick your hands in yeah. and like see whose hands are big and whose hands are small. I was absolutely um, surprised to see how tiny Sylvester McCoy's hands are. <laughs> you know, he's a short bloke, but blimey, they were they were small. And then, um, obviously, putting my hands in the other doctors, um, surprised to see that I, my hands are the same size as Peter Capaldi's. Ah, that's that's not a bad uh, comparison, then, is it? Uh... <laughs> it is. Oh no. Good. Yeah, I can't remember. I, I put my hands in a few, I think, but I can't. I can't remember the. Uh... How they how they sized up with them, shaped up. So is that how you actually like experience the spit in Stephen Moffat's no. handprint, or did you see it before you put your hand in there? I spotted it before. Yeah, <laughs> that's the luckiest guy. Then. Thankfully, yeah. <laughs> uh, and obviously, the last thing before you leave is the shop, which is like the oh yeah, must be the the biggest kind of concentration of Doctor Who merchandise anywhere. It is, yeah. They've got um, everything, haven't they? Absolutely everything. They have, but um, obviously because they are closing down, 
it wasn't as concentrated as what it was last year. Ah, right. Uh, so obviously they must be selling stuff off. There was some of the um, the big chief um, figures, you know, the large, um, yeah. very expensive, highly detailed action figures that you can get. They weren't. Um, they weren't no longer there. Ah, right. uh, there was a distinct lack of fridge magnets and stuff, which is a shame because I always like to get stuff like that yeah. when I go to the places. Um, so obviously they must be just like, you know, slowly selling it off and not um, replacing it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, them. you've got virtually every single DVD that is available there. You've got um, a huge selection of T-shirts. Some of them have actually reduced in price. So if you want to get yourself a bargain, get there in the next couple of weeks because yeah. uh, some you... of the t-shirts now are down to about 9.99 that's not bad uh, when previously they were 17 quid so um, you can, you yeah can just go in the shop as well can't you if you're just visiting you don't have to yeah and yeah the experience yeah they had uh, all the big finishes pretty much as well a massive selection of big finish um, um there was virtually hardly any big finish there right. um on Sunday, yeah, it looks like they must have been selling off their stock. They had, I think, about three or four CDs left. Right. Because I actually had a look and say, oh, well, you know, what they got, because um, I'm, I'm behind on quite a few big finishes. I mm. uh, thought I might have picked myself up some. Um, but, yeah, they literally had, um, I think, three or four CDs. Right. I, uh, I run it down, I? I suppose it makes sense, though, doesn't it? You don't want to be sort of uh, left with uh, with a lot of stock at the end. Also, just to um, pick up on the shop, and this is something that I missed last year, but to the side of the till of the shop, there's actually a little separate gallery where they've got the some of the original Target novels artwork yeah, on display. That was great. I, I really enjoyed that as well because they did. Um, uh, there was a gallery of that in London, wasn't there, earlier in the year? Yeah, uh, there was. Yes, yeah. been moved yeah. there, and I didn't know it was going to be there. But yeah, that was great looking at those. It was, yeah, and obviously they've got um, a lot of original um, framed Doctor Who magazine covers as well. Yeah, uh, but seeing those uh, but that's covers... a nice thing to like, you know, make sure you don't miss that if you do go as well. Yeah, really evocative of those reading those books when I was a kid as well. The um, seeing the uh, the old artwork. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've still got all my uh, original Target novels. So, like you say, those were the kind of things where you know when you used to go to the shop. And it was the covers that always used to leap out at you because yeah. of the, the brilliant artwork that they had. Yeah, they were great. I was kind of, um, as I say, I started watching 1988, and obviously the, the series cancelled in 89. Mm. So I just went and sought out all the Target books. I'd be at, you know, kind of second-hand bookshops and car boot sales and yeah. stuff like that. Because at that time, there was always tons of Target books washing around. You never see them anymore, do you, in, um, in those kind of shops or anything? Um, you don't know. Uh, actually, yesterday, um, out shopping with my little boy because it's uh, school holidays and summer holidays, uh, we popped into a, a, a charity shop, and I, like I always do, I had a little quick look at the book books that they had in there, and there's like they haven't got them. So I think they are getting more scarce and scarce. And when you do think about it, it's probably a, a good twenty to thirty years since a lot of them were in print. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably eBay is probably your, your point of call to uh, try and like fill the gaps in your collection. Unfortunately, that's it. I think I've got them all. Maybe which is the really rare one? Is it Wheel in Space? 
Is that the one? Uh, been... Yeah, Wheel in Space is probably, I think, had a very short um, print run. Yeah, I think that's the only one I don't have. Um, but I've, I've got the rest. It's like the new adventures, I don't have the dying days. It's the only one I don't have. It's, it seems like I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've always. Well, I recently pulled all my new adventures um, just because they were kind of like just sat in a wardrobe, not doing much. And I thought, well, you know. I've read them all. Um, if I wanted to read them again, you can get them like kind of like download them online and stuff like that. And I just yeah. thought, well, do you know what? Let's give them to somebody else. Uh, so I sold them, but I I remember when I listed them on eBay, I kind of like did say it's the complete collection except for the dying days because yeah. <laughs> that was the only that I couldn't get um, because I remember downloading that through the BBC website when they put it up when it was available there, that's... and that's the only way that I could actually read that. That's um, what I read as well, yeah. When they used to do that BBC cult um, zone, was it cult zone, something like that? Uh, something like that, yeah. And yeah. Do- Doctor Who had a section on it. And they used to, it, was, it used to be cool, they used to do competitions and there'd be ebooks you could download and stuff. Um, and that's where I found out that Doctor Who was coming back in 2003. Um, I remember logging onto that page and there was this kind of animated thing that came up when you logged on that day and it said um, something like, Are you sitting down? Just, mm. just some news and it was like Doctor Who is coming back this just kind of like a little flash animation or whatever that, that just kept cycling like that um, with, oh. with no other details but yeah that was uh, I remember that I was like I was phoning my mate saying oh god Doctor Who is coming back <laughs> you know I think I saw I didn't see the news until the actual Doctor Who magazine uh, so I saw it in there I think that was, I didn't get any details really until then, and then they said it was Russell T. Davis and, and all the rest of it, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think the basic information was Lorraine Hegacy is bringing it back, and Russell T. Davis at the time, they said, was writing all six episodes of the six episode series. Yeah. So it had been expanded to 13 episodes, I think, in that first announcement. Yeah. God, it seems like, in some ways, it seems like hardly any time ago, and sometimes it seems like, in some ways, it seems like ages ago now, doesn't it? So. Well, it is, yeah. You know, when you think about it, it is like virtually, oof, what is it, 14 years ago now? Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, since the announcement. So. Yeah, quite scary, and how time flies. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, just so much hope for it, and think it has now lasted for, we've well, been back for 12 years with 10 series. That's uh, just shows the robustness and the brilliantness of the idea uh, and how well it's been executed. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a testament to it, isn't it? It's good. And obviously, it's nice to see that the BBC, like you know, supports the show. It's one of its biggest earners now, and you know, we, we, I think we're all quite confident that it's not going to go uh, anywhere for quite some time. No, definitely. I remember, I think it was about two years ago, I went to the uh, Doctor Who Symphonic Spectacular um, at the uh, the SSE in Glasgow, um, and I just had a moment, kind of looked around, and this place was absolutely packed to the rafters. Uh, with, with fans and stuff, and uh, I just thought, God, just like in in the wilderness years, obviously that that like you know fans that, that started watching the old series went through. You'd never have thought you'd be at something like this. It it always seemed like quite a, you know, that well I hardly knew any other Doctor Who fans. It was always quite a, especially pre-internet. It was quite a kind of a lonely pursuit. You get the Doctor Who magazine every month. Um. You know, didn't really talk much to anybody else about Doctor. And now it's huge, isn't it? Again, it's uh, yeah. You'd never have thought in I mean, those years, in those intervening years. 
I mean, I remember as kind of like as the show dwindled, uh, like kind of like in the mid '80s, and it was around about the time I think when Peter Davidson left. I kind of remember being at school and obviously kind of like you know, sometimes ridiculed by friends and obviously others, you know, people at school. Like as in, you still watch that show? Yeah, it's awful. You know, the tinfoil monster and you know the scenes wobble and all the rest of it, and then it, obviously that kind of like image of the show kind of like just um continued into the 1990s really and it kind of like became like a a thing where you know if you bought the doctor who magazine you went into the news agents and made sure that nobody else was around when you picked it up from yeah. the stand and went <laughs> to the counter you know <laughs> yeah it's weird. i'm still a bit like that like i don't i don't tell people at work or anything really that um i'm a doctor who fan i think it's just a holdover from those kind of days um but uh, yeah, it's not really got the same the same stigma, does it now that it that it once had? No, not at all. I mean, um, most people at work know I'm a fan. Obviously, um, you know, I've got a little uh, Dalek on my desk, um, and obviously, on when it's uh, casual days at, on Fridays or weekends, people can see like my Doctor Who tattoo on my arm, and so you know, it's kind of like I can't really hide it. Yeah. <laughs> what what's but your tattoo again, of? That, I don't have that stigma anymore. You know. Yeah, what 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 is your tattoo of? Is it the logo or? No, it's the seal of Rassilon that oh, I've got cool. on one of my arms. The so it's the circular seal of the Time Lords, which is on my right arm, um, like near my, the top half near my shoulder. Yeah, and obviously to show my other um, passion, which is Star Wars, I've got the Jedi Knight uh, circular symbol on the left arm. So yeah, I have yeah. two circular, like kind of like tattoos on on each arm. Yeah. Oh, that's quite cool. They're both circles. It's quite a nice uh, kind of balanced uh, thing. There. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I like them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, so yeah, I don't think there's anything else I was going to say about the doctor experience. Obviously, if anybody's thinking about going, uh, time's ticking down. Are it they, is. Yeah. Because. You know, we don't know it's going to reopen or where it's going to be. So it's a great day out. There's lots to do right around Cardiff Bay. Um, I'd say, you know, the experience probably takes up a good probably two, two and a half hours of your time. Um, probably a bit more if you're, uh, if you're a real fan. Yeah. Because you'll want to read all the like, little signs next to the, the costumes and the props and stuff. But, yeah, it, it, it's a great... Um, day out and i'd heartily recommend yeah. it and it's not too expensive either no and it's it, it's probably well we booked it's probably best to book ahead as well especially at the moment i guess summer holidays and people are uh, people are making the trip because it's going to close you book your ticket yeah beforehand, don't very you? Good um, because they do half hour slots obviously because the experience is kind of like the bit that some like one of the members of staff as as a the curator of the gallery museum has to like walk you through um, so they kind of like do it in half hour segments and they think the last admission is half past three. So if you, it's always probably best to check the website, see which slots are available or get there as early as possible. And, um, or, you know, just don't get there late because you probably like, you know, won't be able to get in there. They're not doing the TARDIS set tours at the moment, are they? They weren't. They weren't when I was down in, in February. Is that oh, um, every time I've gone, I've kind of like missed that kind of thing, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you get to tour the actual um, set at Rove Studios, which is like next to 
um, where the experience is. Yeah, I was hoping that would be on when I went down, but it wasn't. It seems to be quite an intermittent thing, doesn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, we don't even know if um, whether that fuels the rumours if, um, you know, Jody Whittaker is going to get a new TARDIS set or not. So, if they're not doing TARDIS set tours, they may be taking that set down and designing a new one. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's uh, that's uh, that definitely happened when... Um, Matt Smith took over, didn't they? They, uh, they out with the old, in with the new, with the TARDIS sets and the and the TARDIS yeah. exterior. And obviously, the David Tennant set was like um, torn down, and then obviously ended up in the experience as an exhibit. So yeah, uh, they brought it back for the Doctor's wife, didn't they? That was the uh, that was the kind of last time it was uh, it was seen. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and obviously um, the David Tennant scenes in Day of the Doctor were actually filmed at the Experience, weren't they? Ah, right. I didn't realise that. Ah, Did cool. you not? Yeah. yeah. If you kind of like, if next time you watch that episode, kind of like look, and it is, you can tell it's kind of like a slightly smaller version of his set um, because obviously they didn't um, have time to put the full original set together, so they just filmed it actually at the Experience. Right. Ah, right. I'll def- I haven't watched that for a little while. I, I've been meaning to watch it again, so uh, I'll check that out. Let's go. Well, thank you very much for joining me. It's a pleasure uh, speaking to you. It's been an absolute pleasure to be invited back, and I've, uh, I've loved talking about uh, my day out in Cardiff. It's been brilliant. That's great. Oh, thanks so much. We'll get you back on soon. Um, tune in next week for another episode of the Track One podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Yeah.